prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Amelia Clark on her new comic book, Game of Thrones and Joining the Marvel Universe. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Yes, proud and excited to say Amelia Clark, first time guest on the podcast today. I've wanted to have Amelia on for a while. I've certainly talked to her over the years, but never for a lengthy conversation like this. And what a great excuse to catch up because she is now a comic book creator. She is the co-writer and creator of Mom, Mother of Madness, a three-issue comic book series uh, about a single mom superhero that is well worth checking out. I got a chance to watch the first, or rather read the first uh, issue, and it is fantastic and funny and, and quirky and all the things that Amelia is. It is available right now for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you get your comics, so definitely check that out. Get your uh, hands on a copy of Mom, Mother of Madness from the mind of Amelia Clark. So exciting to see an actor exploring um, different creative avenues. And Amelia Clark is, is certainly somebody who has been entertaining us for, for many years, most notably, of course, on Game of Thrones. Yes, if you know me, you know I was late to the party that I got there. I, I got there before the end, guys, and I saw what all the, the hubbub was about. <laughs> um, so we, we had a lovely chat about Game of Thrones, about that ending of Game of Thrones, which, of course, is still controversial to many. We talk about her, uh, her joining the Marvel Universe very soon. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Amelia Clark is going to be on Secret Invasion, the show that's going to be starring Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Olivia Coleman, and yes, Amelia Clark. So some interesting stuff about that in here, as well as stuff on Solo uh, and her comfort movie of choice, which was Sense and Sensibility, starring and written by her uh, illustrious Last Christmas co-star, Emma Thompson. So a great conversation with Amelia. I know you guys are going to dig. Um, other stuff to mention, a lot is going on, of course. Um, I teased, I think recently, my conversation with Tom Hiddleston. By the time you listen to this, I believe it should be up on MTV News' YouTube page. A fantastic catch up with Tom about all things Loki, including a look back to our first meeting way back when in 2010 at Comic-Con. That was a blast to reminisce with him about that. Um, other things going on, let's see, I chatted with Vin Diesel the other day about F9, the new Fast and the Furious movie. That's going to be up on MTV News pretty soon. Um, we have a new Game Night episode up right now with Brie Larson and Jesse Ennis. That's over on the Happy, Sad, Confused Patreon page. If you guys haven't checked it out, I encourage you to just to see see what it's all about and see if you're interested. Patreon.com slash Happy, Sad, Confused. Again, that's Patreon.com slash Happy, Sad, Confused. And most notably, what you get there uh, is on-camera versions of the podcast, including the Samelia Clark chat, if you want to view it instead of just listening to it, and the Game Night episodes, including episodes we've done so far with folks like Sam Hewen and Colin O'Donohue and Jane Levy and Skylar Astin and Brie Larson and um, some other very, very notable folks coming up on that. So really thrilled about how Game Night is going. Um, I think I'm going to leave it there because there's there's a lot going on. Oh, here's my one little other plug. It's sad to see that, you know, obviously last week's guest was John M. Chu, the director of In the Heights. The film didn't perform hugely at the box office, at least not in the first weekend. Uh, I'd encourage you guys still to check it out in theaters if possible. Um, it, you know, just because it doesn't do well at the box office doesn't make it any less, you know, worth seeing. And in fact, this is a film that... Um, I think and hope should still be in the conversation for some of the you know the best films uh, made this year. And um, I don't know anybody that's seen it that's been disappointed. So try and see it in a the theater if you can, and at the very least check it out on HBO Max because that's one that I don't want to see just fall away and people forget about too quickly because In the Heights was was a special a special work. So um, that's that's my unsolicited plug for the week. All right, let's get on to the main event. Uh, a fantastic chat with the delightful Amelia Clark. Again, check out her new comic book, Mom, Mother of Madness, wherever you get your comics, uh, and enjoy our chat about all things Thrones, comic books, Jane Austen. <laughs> Where else are you going to get that triumvirate than in a chat with Amelia Clark? Here it is. 
Amelia Clark, welcome to Happy Sad Confused, even if it happens to be on my weird little Zoom box on my computer. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to have you. It's good to see you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I am happy, not sad or confused about, uh, well, maybe confused. No, I'm not confused. We'll see about that by the end of this, how you're feeling. I'll check in at the yes, end. So. Um, how's Ted doing, first of all? Your dog mom, as I understand it. Yes, he's so good. Can't believe you just said that exact moment. Ted right now, because he knows mom's in the room and he's not allowed in the room. So I just keep hearing like, a bit like, still, still, he thinks he might be able to slip under the door one day. But yeah, yeah. he's the real star over there. Well, I'm a new, I'm a new dog dad, and my my Lucy oh. is literally at my feet. So we we oh. we both got people competing for our attention here. So yes. it's, it's okay. No, 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 that's all good. What kind of what kind of puppy do you have? She's she's a rescue uh, pit pit mix. Oh, gorgeous. She's, gorgeous the sweetest thing i keep saying like now i think i have a semblance of uh, uh, i know a little bit what it's like to be uh you or any kind of celebrity walking on the street because i get so much more attention <laughs> yeah. than i ever i mean uh, people yeah. like do triple takes they're like oh my god what is that beautiful yeah. thing with you and i'm like oh this is it's yeah it's the greatest conversation starter yeah i mean because obviously i've had ted all throughout he was a pre-lockdown puppy but right. um i had him all the way throughout that time and taking him on his dog walks and you just you're like oh my i i've been able to interact with human beings this entire time on my one designated dog walk a day i get to have the chats with bit of safe distance i get the you know i can chat to people and it's kind of perfect yeah I've, i'm i'm generally in a kind of an antisocial person but i feel like lucy's bringing me out of my shell after all these yes, years it's they good do they good do that me. they really do yeah so we were we were exchanging pleasantries because it's always kind of the first conversation starter when you see somebody yeah. for the first time in a long time mm -hmm. in this insanity. Um, you know, it's all on a sliding scale, right? How we're doing. Um, you seem to be doing well, but you have been, you were saying you've essentially been kind of in that yeah. box I'm seeing you in for most of the last year. The whole, yeah. <laughs> Get me out of the box. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's, no, it really, the biggest thing is that I have not, worked in this time i've i have a production company i have a charity i'm busy like i've been I've, I've worked but i haven't done what i do i haven't done my day job in a year that which defines you who yeah. are you when you aren't doing what you do <laughs> tell me about it and this is the interesting thing as well because um i'm now i get to put on a few different hats rather than just acting yeah because and i feel like i'm not the only actor that 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 experiences this but I was talking to a writer friend of mine the other day and I was like oh, I shouldn't be complaining so much but it's just so difficult like how do you get the you know you, uh, we, we're in a profession where we chose our careers because we loved what we do that's so lucky and he was like well no you don't get the the zingy euphoria he's like I can have the zingy euphoria of, of the of the good stuff that my job gives me anytime I open up my computer there's a chance that that might happen He's like, for you to get the zingy euphoria, you need 70 people minimum to make that happen. Like that's, yeah. you're relying on, and it's, that's the crux of. Maybe you should. He doesn't, he wasn't currently acting. <laughs> you should have a little laugh track installed in your, in your flat. <laughs> Just something, every <laughs> oh, time you walk into the room, some. <laughs> oh, well done. Well, no, so it's, I mean, it's, but it's not even it's not even the the like what you're getting from an audience. It's doing it with this other person, and there being a witness to that, be it a camera or just three other people in a half empty theater, um, that are witnessing you both being different people and getting the oh, okay, you know, getting the. I miss that. So that's what I'm really missing. I'm missing. That makes sense. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I didn't have that conversation over the years, even pre-pandemic with actors, because like especially. Yeah. I talked about like, you know, you need, you need a theater, you need people. And yeah. it's like why some actors actually as painful it, as it is almost enjoy the auditioning process. Cause it's like, oh, you're actually, I, I get to do it. At least I get, I get to do the acting thing. It's not just Ted. It's not just my, you know, and I'm not the kind of girl to sit at home and, and, you know, do my Hamlet soliloquy to the wall. Like that ain't me. It's, there's plenty of other weird creative stuff that I spend my time doing when I'm on my own. Um, and I definitely have the laughter track in my head at all times. 
I'm not adverse to talk. You know, Ted is just a vehicle for me to talk out loud. Like that's just basically it. I get Ted's, it Ted's heard it all this last year. Ted's gotten some oh, great yeah. performances, some cries, really, perhaps. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. So, what has filled the void creatively? I mean, has it? Well, we're going to get into the comic in a bit, but yeah. like, has it been all the kind of different endeavors, or have you found like have I've, a lot of actors I've talked to have done podcasts or other voiceover work? Yeah. So, I mean, podcast was something that I was going to do, but that just did, it didn't feel right for me. There was yeah. a specific thing that I was going to do for it. And so creatively, reading all the scripts, being I, ha I have a production company, so I'm constantly working on that. Um, and then what has filled the creative void? I mean, the stuff that always fills the creative void, watching, reading, listening. Yeah. I have during lockdown, I may not have a starter for my sourdough, but I do have a shitty old keyboard and now the ability to play it. So nice. I have learned piano, which has been really, because I sing, that's the other thing that you can't do on your own. Um, I mean, you can, you can sing in the shower. But, um, but yeah, so I started learning the piano so I could accompany myself and am now, you're a one-woman band. There you go. I just need my little drum kit at my feet. Um, so that <laughs> She's going to be busking been... soon on the corners of London. Just look out for her. Yeah, coming to you. Coming to an Oxford Street <laughs> near you. Um, but that's been, that's been a genuinely, genuinely creative, fulfilling experience of like, oh, I feel blank. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to sit at the piano and play something. And that Did has helped. I was saying I was I was alluding to earlier though it seems like maybe I misread stuff on social media because that's obviously how we find out what people are up to nowadays. Yeah. That's our our new uh, uh, research tool. But did you escape the, your environs at least to jump out of a plane in celebration of your oh, birthday? Oh yes, yeah, I did, I did. So I thought, what's what's more frightening than turning thirty four, jumping out of a plane? So let's just get let's just find somewhere in the middle and do it, and then you can be scared of doing that on that day um yeah so I did it I had a bunch of friends who were going to come it was all COVID friend I mean the whole damn thing's outside obviously right. um and uh I had a bunch of friends who were going to come and join me everyone chickened out apart from my mother and my brother that's sweet that's amazing my I'm not gonna say how old she is because she'll kill me yeah my mother who had me at a certain age and was you know, in her 30s um it was the greatest thing that's ever happened as because I was the last person to jump out of the plane as the door opens because you're like you're in this like like riggedy old plane and the massive door opens and my mum is at the front next to the door and she just turns around to me and goes Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> who is this woman you pop off the car what's going on she's Patrick Swayze in point break all of a sudden she's uh yeah. that's amazing yeah so and that how, was yeah. How did you take to it? Did you enjoy it? Or was it like, what the oh, fuck yeah. am I doing? No, 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 I love it. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. I'm not a bungee jumping kind of girl, but I love a theme park. So the idea, uh, oh, it was just, I, I loved, 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 loved it. I had, I had a minute of, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh God, I can't breathe. And then when you pull the parachute, you're just... God. Amazing, amazing. I uh, I'll take your word for it. I don't know if I have the disposition, but I, I admire, I, I admire your. You surprise yourself. Okay, okay. Look, yeah. I'm not. I'm talking to human beings. That's a start. So I'm starting to come out of my shell in my forties. We'll see. There you go. Um, yes. you, you mentioned your your mom. I, I I'm curious, like you know, as we kind of go back into the career and your and your your life as a kid, who helped you define? your interest? Was it your mom? Was it your dad? Was it your older brother? Because um, I do want to get a sense of sort of like how you kind of formulated the yeah. things you were into as a kid. It's really, it's really, it's a, it's a funny one to track because on the one side I have my dad who is a, um, a, 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 a he was in theater, musicals. Right. And, um, and so he was a sound designer. And so Music and creativity was always there. We were always going to see his stuff. Um, he had a incredible life being like at the forefront of the 60s and the all of it, you know what I mean? He was a rodent for a, in for a band. He took all the drugs, he live music, like live performances was, was what made him tick. So 
I grew up with that kind of knowledge and kind of wanting to be interested in what my dad was doing when he was a kid and like the Beatles, oh my God, the Rolling Stones and all these incredible, Bob Dylan, oh my God. And so there was that. My mum, not, not a musical bone in her body. She loves a bit of Motown, but like, and very driven and very career focused. And so that energy gave me my appetite for work. Right. I think. You get the drive from mom, but you get the yeah. artistic kind of a sensibility. My dad was a chill kind of guy. Yeah. You know I mean? Like there was a lot of chillness there. Um, and then my brother, I wanted to be him. So his taste in music was like on point and was always the coolest. Like he, he was like on it. Like, and he knew the best films and knew all the cool stuff. Whereas my taste in my family was a little bit saccharine. It was a little bit different. It was, you know, I was, when I found my own taste in music and film and TV, it wasn't what maybe the rest of my family were interested in. And I'm saying all of these things because it's a complicated thing because my dad did not want me to be an actor. He really, really didn't. Like he really didn't. Like he saw it every day. It was like, these people are sad and out of work. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is 80% of an actor's life is that. He wasn't I, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was never think he was never there going, I don't believe you can do it. He was just going as a loving father. I don't think I want to see my kid go through. Yeah this because yeah. it doesn't look like you're going to be happy most of the time so me finding acting I don't know where it came from I really like aside from clearly wanting to be the center of attention at all times um I really I I was always glued to the tv I always wanted to be read to I always wanted to read out loud I always wanted to read to other people I um read a huge amount. I watched TV all the time. I watched movies all the time. I was listening to music all the time. I always needed stimulus. Do you know what I mean? I always was kind of like itching for that. And I used to think that was a real, like my mom always says, as I was a kid, I just wanted to eat sweets and watch TV. But looking back now, I'm like, yeah, cause that's, and now, and now look at what I'm doing. Like I'm in the, I'm in that world of it. That kind of, it sort of tracks that, 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 that is, yeah you know I, I was i was wanted stories in some way please uh eating sweets and watching tv probably describe that that's on my epitaph that's what josh horowitz <laughs> did his, most of his life <laughs> yes, exactly. i'm with you totally so um i've been asking folks for to select kind of one of their favorite comfort movies because you know especially yeah. in the last year and a half we've needed them more than ever um mm -hmm. so the one you selected came out around when you were 10. Tell us your comfort movie. And did you encounter this movie back then or did it take a little bit later? No, it took a little bit later. So my comfort movie is Sense and Sensibility. I'm British, it goes without <laughs> saying, I love a period drama, I yep. love it. Uh, the actresses in this movie are my favorite actresses. You have Dame Emma Thompson, you have Kate Winslet. Beautiful, beautiful actresses um, and it's an elevated rom-com let's call it what it is yeah. but it is I discovered it I think I discovered it in my teens for sure and didn't really it's taken a long time for me to be okay with my own taste in films like I could have put Chinatown you know right, right. I could have done a bunch of other stuff but truly when I'm feeling like I just need a big warm hug every time I've watched that film I've gone <gasps> It's just lovely. Everything's going to be lovely. Yeah. Um, and so I can't remember the first time that I, that I first watched it, but it's just, it left such an impact on me. In and I think it is the acting that does it more than anything. I think it is finding those actresses that you get to go, I want to do that. I want to do what they're doing. I'm just, it's heartbreaking and beautiful and poignant because I'm not with a comfort movie. I don't want it to be, ah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't just put on like any old you no, know, I... bit of junk just to kind of like not feel anything. I need the opposite. Like I yeah. was going to put, and I didn't, I was going to put Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the most recent one with Gary Oldman. Like I need a story. I need something. My ultimate comfort is a, is a movie that just goes, I'm going to grab you and I'm not yep. going to let you go for however long it is. 
But that one, that's like you, you're, you're, I feel like you have to be engaged. You can like, I mean, in sense of sensibility, you will be engaged too, but it's sort of more, more of a passive experience. I feel like Tinker yeah. Taylor's Older Spy is like, yeah, I, it's, it's different definitions. It's like, yeah, there's something for everybody. I remember like Zachary Quinto selected like Magnolia and like, I love Magnolia more than any, but no. I My wouldn't call it a comfort movie. Yeah, no, 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 no. The frogs alone are enough to be yeah. like, creeped out. For the, is it going to rain frogs one day? Is that going to happen? Because apparently it could happen. So for those um, that don't know, obviously, uh, of course, based on the Jane Austen work, but really I think what works beyond the acting also is the combination of uh, Emma Thompson's screenplay and you have oh, Ang Lee directing, which is... exactly it, yeah. Amazing. The cinematography is beautiful. It feels... It, it just, it feels like it encapsulates the time. I mean, you're with Kate Winslet the whole time being like, why are you just gonna stop being so like repressed? Um, so you get that, you get that part of your brain being taken care of when you're watching it. But the, the kind of quivering withholding of feeling until it all comes out, it's just so satisfying to track that. And then it does and you get the double wedding and it's just, You've of course worked with Emma relatively yeah. the last couple of years on last Christmas. Did you, have you professed, did you come clean on your- Yeah. Yeah, you 100%, have to. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get and it out of the it, open. Where you're like, you get this all the time. I'm really sorry, but- <laughs> Let I me just say my piece. Sorry, <laughs> I just think you're incredible. Like, it's a very important film to me. And it's weird because I watched it I watched, I took it, I didn't watch it for a while after I worked with her. Cause I was like, is it weird? Cause she's like, I dare I even say it, I can call her my friend now. Like we text, yeah. we call, we hang out. We go, is, it? Um, is it going to be weird? And it isn't weird at all. It's still fabulous. I still that's like, cause it's a different ever. It's different. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Okay. So uh, a, a lot to get to. Let's, uh, let's get to your latest project without any further ado. Uh, I, I read the first issue of yeah. mom. M O M, yes. Mother of M-O-M. Madness. Yes. Um. So, well, the first one, talk to me about like, does this does this begin as just an idea, like a, an idea, and then like, what am I going to do with it, or was there was there the idea to, to dip your toe into like the comic book world? Like, what is it, the chicken or the egg? What do you? How does this one come about? Uh, it started with the comic book world for sure. It started. It was kind of it all came at once. It was very much a. Wouldn't it be funny if? You had a comic book heroine who was relatable and believable and wore an outfit that she could pee in. And if she got hungry, if she got full, she could unbutton the thing. Like it was the whole thing. I wanted something that was really relatable. And we were laughing and joking about it. And and, and that was that. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, I'm still thinking about that thing. I think I'm just gonna explore this a little bit further. And then it just snowballed. And now it's made. Like it's, it's a thing. It's literally been that process. It's 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 a it's been a kind of the idea happened, and then everything just fell into place in a way that you're like, I well, I have to make it. This is too not easy, but this is things are falling into place in a way that is allowing this to kind of be sped up. What's the satisfaction level of seeing something like this realized versus like seeing your face on a magazine or a movie poster? Is it different to see your this realized with your name on the cover as the co-writer? Like, what's it like? Yeah, it's it's wild. It's so different. It's just completely, completely different. I am very British in my don't handle praise very well. Don't really, like, I, I very rarely agree with someone if they're like that was really cool i'm like right. yeah well you know what seven thousand other people were there to make that happen so i kind of like you're not really complimenting me you're complimenting the costume department or the camera department or the director or the whatever it is um and with this you're like there's a team of women because i only hired women to create this project there's a team of women that are behind this but yeah that's it, it's 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 more that i had an idea and now it's in my hands. That's trippy. That's like yeah. another level of, oh my God. And it goes beyond any kind of let's, I wonder how it's going to be received. Of course, it's going to hurt if everyone's like, this sucks. This is the worst thing I've ever read. You ruined it. We hate you. Goodbye. You're canceled. That would hurt. <laughs> However, if this is only 
for three people in the world and they like it genuinely I mean this is my whole heart that's enough like that really I, I made a thing yeah I'm happy I made well, a it wouldn't of- exist without you yes it's there was insane. before yes what what was your relationship with comic books growing up like were you were you into them? Was it your brother's yeah. thing? Like, was it like, well, because I mean, like there's a stigma again and, and the comic book world for decades yes. has been built mostly for dudes and catered to dudes. Yes. Did you feel I that never, growing up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never felt like it was an environment that was for me. There are a bunch of things that I watched and I read and I absorbed that were for me as the teenage girl or as the prepubescent girl or whatever it was. <clears throat> but my brother was massively into comics and I would find the women in them and love them and read them and enjoy them. Um, and then, you know, you've got your Wonder Womans and then, and then speed it up to the movies are being made. And then I'm like, oh, now I have complete access. Now, now I'm allowed. Now I'm kind right. of, I'm with every, all the other masses that are going to the movies and going, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember this. Oh, and now it's being fully realized in front of my face. And then, and now you have Captain Marvel and now you have these incredible women. Um, so I, I also, like I said, I was kind of just, I just needed stories and needed stimulation in some creative way growing up. Fantasy novels were something I was massively into and still am like Philip Pullman till I die. Like they're just really, and, and so when, when kind of thinking up this world, it made so much sense that I would go here, not only because the comic book community has welcomed me with open arms and has followed me from franchise to franchise. Like I feel at home there. I feel accepted there. I feel like they're, I just love them basically. I love them. And so this seems like a, like a no brainer for this to be the place that I would then write a story in. Not only because the joy of comics and fantastical fiction is that anything is possible. Your imagination can be as wild and as crazy as you like. And that's definitely where my imagination is in the more cuckoo crazy land. Than- the, well, it's in the title, Madness. The, 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 yeah. the, the character in this, the lead character, she's a single mom. Her powers, and I don't know the whole story, just having read the first issue, but like it's really connected to her physicality, to literally her menstruation. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's, yeah. that's something I haven't read in the comic book before. And oh, it's... Yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about that, because like, I don't know if I'm making too big a leap here, but like, you know, you obviously were very open about your own, your your health struggles and being kind of like not feeling in control of your own body, Mm -hmm. I would imagine is a sense you had for, for many years. Is there anything to relate to this character where like, she is not in control of her own powers in a way? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, it's a bunch of things. So like, you have your Wonder Woman's and your Captain Marvel's, but what I felt was missing and why I felt this actually made sense to be made is that Fleabag meets Deadpool bit for women. Cause Deadpool is nailing it. I'm gonna love that. I absolutely love it. And then you have what Fleabag has done to female stories, female stories in, in film and TV. And so I kind of was like, well, okay, so what if you had a superhero that was, that you could laugh with, at, and was relatable and was funny, like actually funny. I mean, dear God, people who are listening to this, if it's not actually funny, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, fu- it's funny, I'll vouch um, Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and so to try and to try and create a space for that superhero to exist. And then as I started to get further into it, because I wrote like 50 pages of this, I wrote the whole thing, I wrote all the, all the stories, all the characters, I wrote what the next things would be. I wrote like this bunch of stuff. It just all kind of came out. And in doing that, I started to realize that, okay, so we're talking about powers, this is fun. And I wanted to have the sense that it, it's, it started as when you're on your period, you get all this stuff that is happening to you that you hate. Not only is it still a massive taboo, if you drop your tampon in the supermarket, you're going to be slightly embarrassed. There's no need for you to be embarrassed, but you probably will. Right. Um, so there's that. But then there's also the hormonal changes that happen in your body that you don't like. Like, no, I'm not going to do that thing because of X, because of because I feel perfy, I feel tired, I feel angry, I feel sad, I feel happy. I feel all these things that are kind of out of your control that we're learned to feel shameful about. We're learned to feel 
like because you can't control it it's not yours it's it's something that's happening to you and by the way people don't talk about this and it's just not a nice place to be so i wanted to try and create something whereby women could feel the truth of it which is that it's a powerful thing that our bodies do and that it is there in order for you to create a human being in your stomach like that's mental that's beautiful that's powerful it's, it's incredible but alongside that I didn't want this to just be for women I wanted it to be a female story but I want I didn't want it to only be for them using your the menstrual cycle a period as a vehicle to discuss we have emotions we are human beings society telling us to feel ashamed about that that's not right to to embrace and accept your individuality and accept these these feelings that we're all entitled to having and so in turn making them super powered right. and having this woman's journey be the journey of a woman going i hate myself i hate myself i hate myself i suck into oh I've been looking at this all wrong. Yeah, run at it, embrace it, as opposed to hide it and... Yeah, look what I can do. Look look yeah. what I'm capable of achieving when I am at peace with these things. Yeah. It's a grandiose statement for a comic, but hey, that was the, that was the energy behind going into this. So I wanted to try and find something that did that and also was funny and also was a very modern story. So you'll see when you read the comic, there's a bunch of nods to the climate that we're living in right now right um that that you will see that was it was it was fun to have that to have oh the out because normally with superheroes and with comics they're kind of they're in our world but they're not in our world or they're in another world or they're in another universe or they're in another kind of and i wanted to have one that was like no we're here we're here we're in a heightened version of here but sure, but, but we're, we're here. The, there's a, a long history of of, um, of w when actors ha have have done comics. Like for instance, I remember like Keanu did a comic a couple of years ago, and then uh, sure enough, uh, a couple of years passed, and you're like, wait, that character looks a little bit like Keanu, and then it's like we're developing this into <laughs> a film or TV series. There's something wrong with that, but I'm just curious: is there an eye for this to be developed as something for yourself to star in for TV or but film? this is what i have to keep saying it's 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 not the reason why i made it right making it into a movie is not the reason why i made it if that is what's going to happen to it let's just deal with that when it happens i i didn't want my character that i didn't want maya to look the spitting image of me because i just feel like that's a little narcissistic i don't know right. like i just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, I, I don't, I don't, that's not the, she's a whole other person. She's a whole, this is a whole character with like a bunch of attributes. Um, so yeah, there's that. So you all also are at long last going to dive headfirst into a comic book yeah. project yeah. very soon yes. um, with an amazing cast. So clearly yeah. the, the, the concept and the scripts or stories are, are there because you don't get you and Olivia Coleman joining a Marvel show. Come on. Um, I really cried when I heard that she had officially joined. I was like, can you give me some, some a friend? <laughs> I know. So, I mean, obviously we're not going to sp spoil anything, but can you just give me a little backstory on sort of, was this in development for a while? Had you been talking to Marvel about various things or was it this specific thing that came up that, that it made was sense? The specific thing that came up, um, a producer, the main producer on it, showrunner on it, um, Chris had worked at HBO. And so, yeah, he called me and he told me and I put myself on tape and then, and then, and then I got the job and it was kind of- Amelia Clark has to put herself on tape for Marvel? How, what? I love doing auditions because then you get, not only do you get the thing where the person hiring you knows you can do it, which is really helpful. Right. Uh, you also are like, okay, cool. I'm. This is something we can do. Like the idea that, that when you just get hired without doing it, the first day on set becomes this like, oh no, oh no, I'm gonna get on there and they're gonna fire me because they never checked. 
they never checked that this is something we were all happy with. Um, <laughs> but also I think it's a Marvel thing. They ask everyone to tape and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be the actor that's like, oh, I, I don't tape. That's not what I do. Beyond being part of Marvel, which clearly has a track record that's kind of unparalleled, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, this character in particular is intriguing for you, I take it? Yes. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to say one thing. The first people that I spoke to after getting the Marvel job was their security team. <laughs> I am petrified. I literally live in fear that like something's going to happen. Okay. And I'm going to say something. I don't and want that. Get we, upset. we don't um, want that. So, but yes. You Chris play a character. Told me the thing. I play a character <laughs> and um, I'm super into everything about it. <laughs> Super into the cat. I love Ben Mendelsohn, by the way. Ben Mendelsohn. Oh my God. Obsessed. We, okay. We, me and my friends have a freaky little Ben Mendelsohn fan club. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm he's like my, he's in the category. I have like a couple obsessions in that vein. It's like Michael yeah. Shannon is one of my, my oh. obsessions. And I put like okay. Michael Shannon, Ben Mendelsohn in like the okay. special yeah. character actor, leading man, but, weird team. No, 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 exactly. But the Ben Mendelsohn, like our little, our little thing of like, it's a thing. It's a thing. We're like, oh, Ben's in it. Yeah. We have there's memes, it's a thing. Um, so yeah, I was in that's I think the name that most of my mates are excited about. They're like, Oh my god, you can't like be near the real thing. And you started relatively soon, I take it. Yes, we start relatively soon. Again, <laughs> there's our breaking news headline. Amelia Carr confirms secret invasion starts relatively soon. It's okay. I don't need that. I'm curious your history though, with because like every actor nowadays has had a long history with these kinds of projects. Like according to, if you believe what you read, you were up for Sharon Carter way back when for Civil War. Did you, do you remember that for Captain America? Uh, or is that a lie? I don't know that that happened. Really? I don't know. I could have been up for it and my agents never told me. Got it. So I guess my, my, my broader question is, have you yeah. come close to doing stuff like this? Have you done the Marvel DC audition thing a lot or at all? No. No, this is the first, this is my first brush with Marvel. <laughs> um, I, I feel like there was the whole time I was in Game of Thrones was time that one would imagine, this is me guessing, another, because none of us were in it. So I'm guessing it's like, we don't want to take someone that's all, that's in the middle of another massive franchise, which I totally respect. Right. Get. Um, or they just... <laughs> thought I was crap until now. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a very real possibility. Um, so I really, I mean, I think that Chris, um, Chris Gary is the person who championed me and got me this job. Amazing. And he's fabulous. Obviously, he's got fantastic taste. Amazing taste, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm super psyched to work with him. That's going to be amazing. Did you talk to, have you talked to your old buddy Kit? I mean, he obviously had a recent big Marvel experience working yes. on Eternals with Chloe Zhao. Yes, yes. I haven't spoken to him since getting this. I speak to his wife more than I speak to Kit. Because um, Rose is like my best mate as well. Um uh yeah no but he did he all i know is that he had a fabulous experience i spoke to him a bunch when he was doing it when he came back from it and um yeah he just loved it so, so in in the wake of of thrones which you know obviously took up a tremendous amount of your life just in terms of headspace physical space just time um what's it been like the last few years i mean like you obviously you had in the middle of, you were still doing Thrones when you did Terminator. And then after you do um, Last Christmas, I believe that was after you finished Thrones probably. Yeah, that was yeah. right afterwards, yeah. So I guess just the broader question is, and I, you know, has it been tough to kind of figure out like, okay, what do I do now? Like, what's, what are my priorities? Well, like, because it's, it's hard, it's gonna be hard to kind of live up to like a cultural phenomenon, <laughs> no matter what oh, you yeah, do. A little yeah. bit, no, 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 a little bit. It's, no, it was, it was around season five or six that I was like, this is going to end. What's up? What are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening? And the thing that I, the only thing that I cared about moving on from the show was that I got to act, I got to do some acting. Um, and like the mind state that I had in the beginning of the show, I've always been very, 
I want to try everything. I right. want to I want to see what fits. I want to be an actor that's acting in her nineties. I want to. There's no rush. There's no like strategy. Like how do we get to the specific thing? I think the biggest change that happened after the show ended, or rather the last couple of seasons, was was that I I really am director led. Like I really, really, really just want to work with directors that I think are offering something that is juicy for an actor. You yeah. know what I mean? So that could be two lines in a whatever film. It could be the you know a, an indie with a director that has the first film, whatever it is. That the, the conversations that I have with a director are the personal connections that you crave for. I mean, it's no accident I did a play. I, which is coming back. I'm so excited. So this was Seagull, um, which you were about to do, literally, like you were yeah. in rehearsals, you were about to start. So it's gonna, it's- Four previews. Oh, you actually were doing previews already, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not out of the system yet. You need to like kind of exercise that demon, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, massive, massively, massively. So I think that the, um, because I never felt when I was in the show, I never ever allowed myself to look at or be too aware of how it was being received or how it was being, not even received, how it was being seen. Right. And I don't think I was ever capable of doing that because I was too in it. The show ended and I still don't quite know what it was that we did, <laughs> but I don't feel like that has, like the end of that has in any way dampened what 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 my, hopes and expectations are for the next phase of my career right um because i'm in it for the long run i just as long as i'm acting i'm good like and as long as it's whatever i you know and now i'm going to try this and i'm going to try that and and getting to be a producer and getting to be on that side of things has been so fulfilling and so illuminating my god how in god's name you do producers deal with actors all the time we're a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh baby like it's <laughs> that's been illuminating but also I was always so envious of the producers that would come onto a set and it'd be your day one and it'd be their day 10 year right and you're like oh you've got this connection you've got this umbilical cord with this project that I'm truly jealous of like I wish I had that I get to experience that in a totally different way but the actor is often the final piece of the puzzle to getting something over the line and getting it made. And so that's kind of felt, feels like it's a different thing now. Like I get to, I now actually get to make the things that I want to be in. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if, you, if you'll get Thrones, which was one of your very first jobs in the industry, like you were, yeah. I mean, you were probably just frankly thrilled to be there at first. Well, and and yeah. the, the evolution is kind of fascinating over those years because, you know, at the start, I, you couldn't have been thinking, okay, this, and you were, by the way, like replacing another actor. So it was a very unusual kind of circumstance. Yeah. Like you, you're not thinking like, I'm going to make, I'm going to create this character. That's going to be a, like a feminist icon. <laughs> like, no, like, no, I'm no. just, I, this is a job. It's a legit J-O-B job. Like I was, I was just, I didn't know what HBO was. I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't really, like, I was just like, oh my God, I've got a job. I've got a job. And then the first season happened and then I did a press tour and I was like, oh my God, people are going to watch the job. They're going to look at the job that I just did that I thought was just a job. Okay. Uh, and that, I mean, I had to learn really quickly the process. Just forget about whether it's a, whether it's a success or failure, just the process of making something yeah. and making something that was intending to be successful um, in that kind of way. So, so that was... I had no idea. And I think what you'll see with, with the jobs that I did in the time that I was doing Game of Thrones was A, I'm fitting it into my hiatus. Right. And B, I'm a bit of a kid in a candy shop, just going, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that one. Let's do that one. Let's no, do that. Like, I, I, no one can begrudge you. And I know you, you've been open about like Terminator, but like it's a Terminator movie. You're to get to do a Terminator movie. You get to be Sarah Connor with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on. <laughs> This, like, exactly exactly so it was very much that it was only in the final couple of seasons of the show that I started to go oh no wait a second I can I yeah. can decide what I do as opposed to just say yes to whatever's offered to me that because with every season of the show I thought they were going to fire me 
with every job that I did, I was amazed that someone gave me a job. I mean, the imposter syndrome really stuck around for a very long time, for a very, very, very long time. And it's taken me a huge mental upheaval to go, you know what? Give a rat's ass. Like, yeah. just do what you want to do. Do the thing. In that, and if that means that you don't work for a minute because you're waiting for the thing that you really want to do, then do that. But it's definitely not with any plan in mind. It's just the plan is happiness. <laughs> that is my plan. My plan is to try at all costs to get somewhere close to one of those two things. It, it took then, you a minute, but you've gotten the healthy plan out. You figured it out, I think. Where, yeah. where, are, you, where, where are you at with like the the ending i hesitate to even bring it up like my brother, <laughs> like my, my brother wrote on lost so i've i've, I've experienced this secondhand for years people will still yeah. you know give him crap and give them oh, crap yeah. about the ending of that show yeah so were, were you were you surprised by the interpretations and, and and the disappointment by by many of the fans to the ending and were you protective of your own character i mean you didn't write it but mm. but you're it's, still representing it in a way yeah it's a it's a healthy mix of all of that i think uh a, it's incredibly flattering, incredibly flattering that people care. Like that's always good. I would rather someone care and have a very strong opinion than not give a flying whatever. Like, I don't know if I can swear on this, but I swear yeah. quite a lot, so I'm really sorry. Um, I would, so I would rather that. Um, and then on the other hand, I was completely waiting for it. And was like, yeah, because we could have had, the ending could have been, we all go and start our hairdressers and people would be <laughs> really disappointed. Like you could have, you, you could have. I mean, it's a choice. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it ended was the thing. That's the thing that people are wrestling with and people. And so whatever you do, it's impossible, completely and utterly impossible for you to ever please that many people who, for all of their different reasons, loved the show. Um, and then there's the bit, then there's the two brains. Then there's me as Daenerys, who like will be in my heart till the day I die. Like I love her. I speak of her as a separate individual. Probably crazy, that's how I did it. Um, and I'm fiercely protective over my family on the show and of the people who I admire and love and respect and watched. Oh, the more than the, more than anything, the crew that made up the show, like, we did well, they were happy. So wanting that to be the case at all times was, right. I'm massively protective over that. But I get it. I get why people were pissed. I, I totally get it. But me being the actor, you can't, you can't do, justice to the character that you poured your blood sweat and tears into for a decade without getting on the same page do you know what i mean yeah so like i'm not going to be there being like fine i'll do the scene whatever so pissed no you have to buy in you have to go <laughs> all in yeah yeah you have to be you have to turn up you have yeah. to turn up and you have to because why because you're doing it for you and you're doing it for her and you're doing it for the show and you're doing it for the storytelling so I'm an actor, I get given a story and I need to tell that story. Yes, I have a certain amount of autonomy over what flavor that might take, but the editor decides what it looks like and the writer decides what I'm saying. So you just gotta go in and try and give it as much truth and honesty and, you know, and, and, and of yourself as you possibly can. See, I'm finding every way to talk about this. <laughs> No, I get it. But I mean, did, did you have a sneaky suspicion as you're doing that and you're committing 110% that like, oh, this might, this might rub some people the wrong yeah. way? Um, uh, well, the first instinct when you read the scripts is you just get that gut punch of like, whoa, okay, you're thinking about, you know, it, your, your, your first reaction is that. It's okay. And then you start to go, oh, maybe people are going to, hmm, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, you don't know, but you do wonder. Right. And then also I really for 10 years stayed away from reading anything about it. Aside from what people were saying to me personally, I was completely largely unaware of what anyone was saying about anything. So when this kicked off, I kind of was like, well, 
I'm just carrying and doing what I've always done, which is sort of not really earmuffs a little bit. <laughs> just, yeah, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you read everything on every Reddit page, I yeah. would have jumped out of a window by now. 100%. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So I suppose that's my that's my spiel on. That's, no, no, I, I get it. I get it. The, the last thing I, I do want to mention, um, I feel like, and I've had to, Alden was actually on the podcast a, a few months back, and I feel like Solo's estimation by fans just grows. I feel like it was it was colored oh. by the circumstances. It was a yeah. weird one. It was yeah. like, it had a lot of baggage and for good or for bad. And now it's like kind of this unicorn. I kind of love, like, I don't know if we're going to get another kind of like isolated oh. Star Wars story on the big screen. Oh, that's, that makes me so happy because I, um, yeah, I, I loved Kira. I loved her. I really, really did. I loved Han. I loved the story. I loved the people. I loved the experience. It was, um, I feel like it was one of those ones where, you know, when you know too much about a celebrity, and you go and watch that movie and you're just thinking about how many kids Angelina Jolie has. <laughs> and it, I feel like our yeah. movie was that. Like yeah. everyone went in knowing what our dirty laundry looked like. And so yeah. therefore the separation I think was too great. You, could, you, could, you couldn't then separate that gossip from the overall experience. But I am so over the moon that people are posthumously enjoying it. <laughs> like if we want a better word. I remember my brother watched it and He's much more, he, he lets me know the tides of the fandom Reddit environment because yeah. I genuinely can't look at that. Yeah, moment not exactly. healthy for you to do it. Um, they have no, a conduit, yes. Yeah, so Ben will, will sometimes, when he deems it appropriate, will tell me. And I remember him, I remember Solo getting his seat of approval and I was like, oh, well, maybe in 10 years, someone might stumble upon this movie again and be like, do you know what? I liked it. It's, so, it hasn't taken 10 years, so don't worry about it. There's also, it sounds like we're going to, I think we. I think it's official that we're going to get a, a Lando series. Is there, not that I'm expecting oh, you to break news here. Could Kira I, return, potentially? I have heard nothing. I mean, and I really like, this isn't me like going, okay. oh my God, what am I allowed to say? Like I, yeah. absolutely nothing. But a Lando show makes so much sense. Give that man his own show. Yes. Give him whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Donald yeah, Glover I universe. Watch. I'm like, yeah. 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 Um, so next, if we're so lucky, we're going to see you on the stage relatively soon in, in London, if we can make it out there. Yes. Yeah, I think, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I think it should be the summer. I oh, think. Yeah. I think. Fingers crossed. And but yeah, that's, so it, it, she's coming back. You're going to get to do your thing and uh, and also get to enjoy that uh, the whole new aspect of your career as a creative, uh, 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 you know, as a creator of a, a comic book, as a producer. Congratulations mm -hmm. on. So do I call it mom or M.O.M.? What's the do? Mom, a, you can call it. OK, mom, mother of madness. It's uh, yeah. it's available for pre-order wherever you get your comics on Amazon right now. Yes. Right now. Limited edition signed copies are available if you'd like to pre-order from your comic book retailer before the 28th of June. I love it. There you go. She's a pro. <laughs> um, uh, I'm glad it gave us an excuse to catch up today, Amelia. I'm glad you're staying well um, and uh, enjoy jumping out of airplanes with your with your mom. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I said that like it's a daily uh, occurrence. I assume you're going to do that later on today again. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's a weekly occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been delightful. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>